Nikki, tell me when. You're good. This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of the world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Sirius XM 99 Raw Dog and wherever podcasts are available. This is Dan Natterman. As you might know, if you're a, list, a regular listener, I'm with Noam Dorman. <sighs> Hello, He's Dan. the owner, the proprietor of the world-famous Comedy Cellar, the ever-expanding Comedy Cellar, soon to be coming to a former McDonald's near you. <laughs> And we have Perielle Ashenbrand with us as well. She's the show's producer. She's an on-air personality. Things, Hola. Things evolved. It wasn't originally the plan, but that's how it is now, and, and that's it. Um, anyhow, oh, by the way, um, we have Mike Vecchione coming. He's going to talk about his special, among other things. But speaking of specials, uh, I was offered a special of sorts. There's this company. They're working with Comedy Dynamics. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure who they are. My manager called me up. I said, yeah, they want to pay you X It's not a bad little paycheck um, to do 30 to 55 minutes, and they'll own the video, and they'll try to find a home for it. And they're doing it with like 10 or 11 comics, most, mostly geriatrics like myself um, and some others in my age bracket and even older, um, which will be taping at the end of June. So I, I, God bless them. I don't know where they're going to how they're going to recoup their money, but that's uh, that's not my concern. But What's the name of the company? You know, I really don't know, but they're working with Comedy Dynamics. I think Comedy Dynamics is going to try to stream it or something. I, I really don't know the details. My manager just told me the kind of broad stroke. That's he, Volkswagen, right? Yeah, yeah, we've had him on. Yeah, uh, I like him. And he, he, I think he did Mike Kaplan's... Um, so if they're involved, I mean... He, he did Zarna's new sh Okay, new okay, so, so uh, but yeah, there's about 10 or 11 of us, and most of us are old. Okay. Um, Renan Hirschberg, I think, is the youngest one that's that's doing it. As far first as he's not old. First of no, all, I said he's the youngest one, but the rest of us are like fifty and up. Right, but he, he, the youngest one could be forty nine. He's he's in his twenties, right? Or no, he's in his thirties. No, early maybe early forties at most. Early forties? No, 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 I don't no, think, I think so. He's but mid thirties. Mid thirties. I think mid thirties. I'm so excited for you. No, I just can't. Go ahead. Just can't hide it. Um. So I I yeah. So that's it. I'm felling. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know. I'm so excited. Uh, better than a sharp stick in the eye. <laughs> the, question, the question is, what, is what do I call it? So I thought maybe dansplaining. No. Say la vie. Natasplaining is better. Well, dansplaining rhymes with mansplaining. I know, but natasplaining. Say la vie. Say la vie. Say la vie is not uh, Just because I'm a well, French uh, yeah. person. I mean, uh, say la vie is terrible. I'm not a French person, but I have interest in Say la vie's not, not listen. All I'm right. What about what about what about uh uh see uh chat chat uh, AI generated special or no. human intelligence generated special? No, no. You are Dan so Dan's good at so far. you are so good at titles usually. So think take a minute and I mean really I'm not sure the title really matters, no. you know, fucking uh, uh uh, Mulaney called his his baby Jay. I mean, what the hell is that? What does well, that even have to do with anything? What do you mean? It comes from he has a great joke that the punchline is. Oh, baby so I'll just Jay. find one of my jokes and just use that, like you know, Mr. Morales, Mr. Morales. I don't know, you know, like I mean, know. baby Jay's catchy and it's so like, I could just take one of my jokes and like use it, that as a. But title. you want it to be catchy. You want it to be a little. It's well, got is, some, is like, baby Jay that catchy? Is anybody saying I? First of all, does anybody ever say, "Oh, I got to see the special. It's called Baby J." Let me tell you the part of the 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 that special which grabs the audience. Yeah. In that title, John Baby Mulaney. Jay? Yeah. Well, <laughs> John, John right. I mean, yeah. no. Right. Nobody cares. Nobody he could cares. just call it John but, Mulaney's newest special, and it would that would make no difference in the viewership. 
But if you're like Dan Natterman's sex sells, that would that might get you viewers. Like ah, I see. You, I you see want, where you're going. You want I see a catchy going title? Okay. Uh, sex sells. Yeah, I see where you're going. So just so bait and switch. In other sex words. with my cousin Sheila, something like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, all right. I'll, sex, I'll put some thought. Sex sells is good, good Noah. Good, 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 good thought. Good thought. But he doesn't have anything about sex in his act. Well, it's a bait yeah, and switch. He does. It's a bait and switch. He has the whole bit about Mr. Morales. No, I, the master I, of the bait and switch. Yeah. Master bait and switcher. Oh, that's very good. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. Master bait and switcher. Well, uh, these are all uh, reasonable ideas. Master um, bait and switcher is yeah, funny. All right, all right. Were you fucking with me when you said that? Yes, you are. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, that's really exciting. Yeah, that's I guess. I, you know. So can I tell you a few things? Yeah. Oh, we got we got the, no. There's a fucking story in the New Yorker about these fucking thought criminal dinners that we do at the, at the cellar. We do that, that are done at the cellar. I'll just for the people that don't know what that is, just a brief explanation. So there's a story in the, sorry, there's a story in the cellar in the New Yorker. It's called "The Party Is Canceled." There's a woman named Pam Pareski who's very nice who holds these gatherings of her friends. Well, apparently, the friends are a little more um, colorful than I realized they were now that I read the article. But these friends who were... Um, and and I, I went to, to one of them, um, not here. It was inter- very interesting people. They're fa- famous writers were there who um, write for the New York Times and stuff. Um, I don't want to say their names. And... Uh, so I, you know, after a pleasant experience with that, um, I said, well, you can do it at the olive tree whenever you want. So they've been doing the olive tree. I don't, I don't think I've gone to anything but the olive tree. Maybe, maybe I sat for a few minutes at one of them um, and meet various people. Like I said, a couple of them prominent, the other people I don't know. Um, so they're doing a new, uh, the New Yorker doing a, a story about it. And so I said, oh, sure, I'll talk to them. You know, so I said, yeah, I like to have... Uh, I like to have debate at the club, you know. So, of course, the story, you know. So the fact checkers call me from the New Yorker. And the first one says, um, Dwarman, who was fed up with progressive orthodoxy, invite. I said, listen, I did not have anything to do with my political, as you guys know better than anybody, none of my political points of view or my being fed up with progressive orthodoxy that had me had this at the meeting. I've done events with Mother Jones magazine. I, I like the idea of debate. And, and then it says something else. Well, uh, Tyler Fisher uh, did this, uh, you know, takeoff of, um, of Dillam, you know, this mockery of Dylan Mulvaney and, um, Dwarman, you know, immediately wanted him down to the club. This kind of thing. I, that, that's not exactly the way it was said because I don't remember. But it was that was. That was I said, listen, I need to speak to an editor here, and we just want to make sure. Um, and it says that Creedence Clearwater Revival is playing. I'm like, yes, yes, that's right. Creedence. So well, what about Creedence? They wanted to fact check that Creedence was actually the music playing in the fucking olive tree. You know. So, I said, listen, I really need to speak to an editor, or a, or the the writer here. Yes, we'll we'll get you in touch with the writer. And I said, listen, I I am. I have nothing to do with these people. Not not necessarily because I disagree with their politics or anything. It's just not the nature of my involvement here. The nature of my involvement is, as I said... Provide a I, venue. What? Just provide the venue. I like to have interesting conversations going on in the olive tree. I couldn't care less whether it's right wing or left wing. And I, I wasn't drawn to them because of um, any kind of being fed up with progressiveness. And as far as Tyler... Uh, Fisher goes, you know, he, yes, he did this um, 
mockery or take you know parody. Although it's interesting, like when SNL does a you know a vicious parody of someone else, they don't call it a a um, what do they call it. A, what the hell did they describe? I have it here. What was the cr- crude a crude mockery of Dylan Mulvaney, which I guess is a fair way to put it, but it's obviously also dripping with you know a political yeah. point of view about it. So I said, uh, you know, I didn't even I. I Pam Pamela um, said this comedian Tyler Fisher wanted to audition, and I actually didn't even want to audition him, but I wanted to be polite, so I, I let him audition for Esty. He was great. He's not doing any crude mockeries of Dylan Mulvaney in the um, club. Not that I would care if he did, so long as it didn't turn the audience off. You know, it depends how you do it. Um, crude mockeries don't necessarily go over, but clever mockeries will go over. Anyway, so, so you know, I'm, I'm probably overreacting, but the whole article is, you know, the article came out that the fact, fact checker indicated they would call me, but they never called me. And they did change it a little bit, but no matter, so it turns out a lot of these people that she has at the thing have been canceled for, you know, certain behaviors that, you know, I don't know, I don't know anything about that stuff. Again, not that I would care. I don't, I don't make the audience, the uh, customers in the olive tree, provide a background check if somebody wants to have a you know a, 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 a convene a, a political conversation with ex-cons or whatever I, I I don't care but that's not my involvement in this and of course it sounds like it is but the thing that kills me and I'll never get out from under this it's not the thing that kills me one of the things that kills me so I'll read from the article um most often, the group meets at the Olive Tree Cafe above the Comedy Cell in Greenwich Village. The Olive Tree is a bit of a scene for dissidents. Now, I, I don't know. Is that is that you say that's accurate? Are we a scene for dissidents? What's a dissident? I wouldn't characterize it as such. Well, what does that mean to you? A scene for dissidents. That Who, means that a lot of dissidents, people that are uh, not welcome in polite company, come here. Is what is that, that what a dis, is that what that, a dis, that's how I assume they is, mean? Is that the definition of a well, dissident? I think that's how they mean it. You know, people that have uh, points of view that aren't, um, you know, shall we say, uh, favored in Martha's Vineyard. So, so I'm going to look up the word dissident. Can you look up the word dissident while I'm... Uh, th- I assume that's what they mean by that. Well, but I want to know... But, but this is the New Yorker. It's a literary magazine. Let's see what they... So anyway, I don't know that we're seen for dissidents at all. The people that I hang out with at the cellar, I don't think are dissidents at all. These are people who write for... The New Yorker and write for. I don't uh, think that that's an accurate um, characterization. Not at all. Can a person who opposes official policy, especially that of an authoritarian state, a dissident who has been jailed by a military regime. Well, I mean, well, they okay, don't they're, mean they're using that. it figuratively, but hi, Mike Vecchio. I think they mean anybody that disagrees with the the position that you're supposed to agree with. Uh, so, so the people that I hang out with down there, the people know, you know, are people like. Tyler Cowen, or uh, I don't want to say their names. You know, like these are not dissidents at all. So, so I think an accurate characterization would be is kind of sorry. Give me a second, Mike. Has been a been a scene for intellectuals of all stripes, of all stripes, not a scene for dissidents of all fucking stripes. Uh, that would be more. David Corn. David Corn hangs out down here. Is he a fucking dissident? Fred Kaplan. Fred Kaplan. Yeah, like dissidents. Coleman Hughes is. Arguably a dissident in the ter- in the way they mean the word. No, I'm- no, that's no, he's not. No, no. Let's Nobody- let's say he is. If it, if if he is among the people who hang out here, it does not, doesn't become a scene for dissidents. By the way, is it all stripes or all stipes? Stripes. Okay. okay. <laughs> for some reason, I thought the expression was all stipes. 
that's that's so anyway. So then it says, um, I'll continue. The Altry is a bit of a scene for dissidents in the city, even beyond Pereski's group. Noam Dorman, the owner of both the, of both the comedy cellar and the restaurant, picks up the tab for the gatherings. He likes that his venues can be used for lively debate. Correct. That was what I corrected the yeah. fact checker on. Like, like at least that got in. But that, that wasn't the original story at all. The cellar is known as... And that's just what they say. Okay, so that's fine, right? Oh, no, no. The cellar is known as a place where controversial entertainers can perform. Really? Really? We know a place... Well... And in, it's known in, as a place where you say you have a policy, swim at your own risk. In 2017, Louis C.K. apologized for abusing his power as a high-profile comic in order to masturbate in front of female comedians and was subsequently dropped by Netflix, HBO, FX, and his management agency. But less than a year later, he was on stage at the cellar again. He is now... Tor- this, like, uh, Can I say something? Well, is this really relevant to the I story? don't understand why... Like, Every single time you talk to these yeah, why are you publications, because the I didn't want to say en- no to Pam. That's you Pamela. Get, you get enraged. The same thing happens every single time. You say they always misquote you. I don't. And every time you're like, I'm never talking to them. No, I'll tell you why. Exactly, because I thought that since Pamela was having this woman writing a story, that it was that the woman was coming like you know, champion her in some way and make. To, and I, I, you know me, I, I don't, I don't like to say no to don't people. Don't talk to the Lugan press. So uh, all right, around. Uh, so okay. Diners, uh, hanging lights, listening to Queen and Queen's Clearwater Revival. That much they checked. Um, uh, and I'll get to the part where about Tyler, and then I'll then I'll stop. Um, I mean, it's fucking annoying. Not, not that it matters. It's just you know, I, I would think that the essence of good journalism is to capture the essence of truth. And what what enrages me about these is it, these people, and I guess they, they they don't do it on purpose, and I guess they do it in good faith. Is that they maybe? Yeah. Well, what do you know? Why don't. would you guess what, that? What by are you the talking way? about? Well, uh, not not one hundred percent cases. I'm I'm giving this woman, this writer, the benefit of the doubt. I I don't know where she's coming from. But let's. I but I don't have. She's trying to create a juicy story. I don't have evidence that this is done in bad faith, so I'm not going to say it. But. Whether it's done in bad faith or it's done to get a juicy story. Either way, I can say with authority, she got it wrong. Whatever it is that she's trying to portray as the, the t- some people close their eyes and imagine what it is that's being described about me, the olive tree, the scene, it's wrong. That's the fucking long and short of it. It's flat out wrong. And anybody who's involved in this place would know, you know, you, you didn't quite... Nah, swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does like some of those people, but you don't you don't understand what the olive tree is. They love having uh, liberal writers. There. They love it's not it's not about the dissidents. It's about the debate, but they won't exclude the dissidents, which is not the same thing. Anyway, uh, occasionally Pereski recruits recruits new thought criminals by DMing them on Twitter while they're facing backlash. That's how she met Tyler Fisher, an actor and comedian who was found modest social media fame by posting parody videos, including a crude ser- crude series. Now, let me just say, now maybe uh, the crude crude is not one hundred percent the wrong word. On the other hand, Dylan Mulvaney's video was about her penis bulge, so in some sense. The crudeness is a constant in that story. You know, you're, you're, you're mocking someone, a public figure, a quite famous public figure now, who's doing something about penis bulges. So you mock the 
that part of the story. Now you become a, a crude, crude series mocking Dylan Mulvaney, the social media star who makes TikToks about. And I've only seen a little bit of one, so maybe that maybe that's a fair. Um, description of t- what Tyler's doing about her gender transition. Pereski put Fisher in touch with Dwarman, who let Fisher audition for a set at, at the Comedy Cellar as a courtesy. That's true. Fisher performed well and now does about 15 shows a week in the venue in between sets. That's where he gets really upset. I was there. He swung by the thought criminal table upstairs. Fisher claims he had a hard time getting a talent manager because he's a white man and instead has sought out alternative media Media ecosystems. Now, is that true? We had Tyler Fisher on the show. He claimed that his manager told him that he couldn't get parts because he's a white. What was it? Yeah, I think that was it. I think a manager or a a, a manager or an agent said, "Yeah, we can't rep you because it's very hard for white people, white men." I think that. Oh, so so that. I think that they dropped him. Maybe they dropped him. Maybe they didn't pick him up. Sue them or something. Okay, but so so. However, that's right. Again, the essence of the story was that. Tyler had, I think on tape, he told us, right? Yeah. On tape, somebody telling him that because he was- Get to Mike Vecchio in just a second. Because he was white in this, in this, whatever, uh, uh, you're never going to get this opportunity because you're white. This Mm -hmm. is what, allegedly, this is what Tyler says. Now that again, that doesn't really, this paragraph doesn't really capture the essence. This makes it sound like he's bellyaching. He has a hard time getting a talent manager because he's a white man. You know, that's not that's not the essence of what he's saying, as opposed to saying he's a man suing somebody because he was told or he alleges that he was told we can't use you because you're white. Now, that's that's quite a different story. Mm-hmm. He recently acted movie uh, Terror on the Prairie, a Western about a pioneer family. Gets a, uh, uh, he, okay, it was co-produced by conservative media outlet Daily Wire, that's Ben Shapiro's outfit. One of the stars was Gina Carano, the actress and former mixed martial artist who lost her role in Disney series Manly because of her social media posts, including one implying that being Jewish in Nazi Germany was similar to being conservative in America today. Now, that's not... Can you bring up that, that Gina Carano tweet that got her in trouble? Please, Is that so what we she can, said? She said something, again, sort, I don't know, it was sort of like that, but... It wasn't. It wasn't quite that. Fisher told me that the criticism he received for his comedy has escalated. His desire to tell edgy jokes, resulting in this cornered rat feeling, where I end up saying things I would have never said. His fans at the cellar aren't scandalized by his provocative lines. Now that implies that he's saying these cornered rat feelings, where he ends up saying things he would have never said at the cellar, right? But I've never heard him say anything like that at the cellar. So let me be clear about the reading of it. In quotes, Tyler says, this cornered rat feeling where I end up saying things I would never have said. End quote. Then then the writer writes, his fans at the cellar aren't scandalized by his provocative lines. Implying that one, now maybe he meant things that he said at the cellar. Have you ever heard him say anything scandalous at the cellar? I've only heard him do his joke about, um, uh, uh, what's that joke that he does? Uh, That, uh, never mind. I I get complaints about very scandalous lines uh i can say uh I'll, i don't want to say the name but but like there's some people you won't be oh, like of course i never had i get raves about tyler fisher he does the funniest thing about catching a predator because he's so small he does the accents he does a fantastic donald trump he's not any kind of soapbox he's not doing any kind of blue again i i don't care if he would i don't care if he does say scandalous things as long as the audience enjoys themselves when they pay the bill right we're not we're not here for, but 
it's just not it's not actually the case. You'd read that and you'd think like, wow, this guy must he's a cornered rat and he gets on stage in the cellar and he just goes, you know, he says these things that he wouldn't even otherwise say, except that he's, you know, kind of overreacting. This is not the essence of truth here. They're starving, quote Fisher said. Like several of the thought criminals I spoke with, Fisher is someone whose career seems to have thrived upon the aura of cancellation. Is he canceled? I don't know. Um, helping him define his brand among a certain audience. A certain audience. Canceling this guy doesn't seem to be working. He's blowing up. Okay. So, and then there's other things here about apparently some of the people that uh, come to these things have been accused of improprieties or whatever it is. So, you know, whatever. I, I didn't know any of that. That's really probably not fair of me. It, do, it doesn't imply that I knew that. But, and, and again, like I said, I, I, I don't really care it's not that I don't care. It's not my place to judge people who come to eat in a public place. They're, they're not incarcerated. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. But that, that's, that's another matter. I just wish that if I'm, if I'm important enough to a story that people want to write about me, I wish that it would... Um, well, it, it would, con always it would convey the, the. I don't know the, 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 any. Did you did you find it, Nicole? I don't know any. You're talking about the the Nazi one, right? Gina Carano's Nazi tweet. Then, yeah. then we got to Mike Vecchio, and I'm sorry. But she Mike wrote. This is what Gina Carano wrote. Now, now, how did she? Let's let's let me describe. Let's read it. How the and I I haven't read it yet. Let's the the writer encapsulated it as such. Because of a social media post, including one implying that being Jewish in Nazi Germany was similar to being conservative in America today. Maybe that's fair. Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children, because history is edited. I'm sorry. Can you, Periel, can you stop? I'm, I'm working here, okay? All right, I'll start again. Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? That's roughly accurate. I think it's roughly accurate to what they said. She, let me read what you got again. She said, uh, no, I, I don't think it is, Dan. Well, what, what did she say precisely? In the um implying that being Jewish in Nazi Germany was similar to being conservative in America today. No, what she's implying is that the polarization uh, that, that is going on today, the way we're coming at people we disagree with, is dehumanizing these people, making it easier for us to, to, to hate them. Uh, for, first, first you hate them, and then you can, can do what you want with them. But she's, it's, it's really not... I mean, you can... You can say that it's not an outright misrepresentation in some way of what she said, but it doesn't, again, doesn't capture the essence of what she's saying. She's saying, uh, don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. So what she was responding to there is a way that, you know, people, are, um, I guess this is old. I don't remember what the, the particular catalyzing event was for that, but the way people are being... Uh, uh, hateful and encouraged to hate people because essentially because they voted for Trump. That's what it was. And, you know, we had famous cases where journalists described people as rubes and toothless and these kinds of the Trump supporters and, and uh, uh, this, this sort of thing. 
And there was there is this kind of dehumanization, not so much of conservatives, although these people tend to be conservatives, but the deplorables. That's really, you know, the, the, that the whole everything that comes under the rubric of the deplorables, this is what people are railing against. And so she's saying the government first made their own neighbors, made their own neighbors hate them. When, when Biden said, maybe this when Biden said about um, the Georgia voting law, is Jim Crow on steroids. And when he said that the governor of, uh, when Texas didn't want to have masks, was it? He says this, they're Neanderthals. Remember these, these kind of things. These were the kind of remarks that she's responding to. Not about being conservative, like, you know, I'm, I'm uh, for, for lower taxation and, uh, you know, less regulation. That's not what they're talking about. That's, it, it's not about conservatives. It's about what I'm describing. And so, again, would you, is, is that really where Gina Carano's coming? She's, she's, she's talking about the fact that people are being encouraged rather than to engage with ideas, just to hate people on the other side. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? So that, that's... Oh, but she d- does spend most of the paragraph talking about Jews in Nazi Germany. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's an outrageous mischaracterization of what she's saying. I think it's reasonable, um, if, not, if not 100% precise. Well, except, except that uh, I don't think being Jewish in Nazi Germany was similar to being a conservative in America today. Does anybody think that? Does anybody think that being Jewish in Nazi Germany was similar to being conservative? Would any crazy person actually say that? Well. No, what she's saying is that she's making an analogy. I understand, but I see it as a reasonable, um, a reasonable. uh, I I don't think you know. I don't think you know. Can we get to Mike? Yes, yes. Okay, Mike Fecchione. We're sorry, Mike, for the delay, but we had important stuff to get to. Uh, but um, but here he is, uh, Mike. Vecchione. When did you guys move from the back table to upstairs? And I would like Depends. people at home to read this read this article, and please email us at podcast at comedycellar and let me know if you think I'm being uh, uncharitable. I, I want to make sure to be fair to the writer. I just, she doesn't have an easy job. It's not an easy job to write about people. They're always gonna complain because everybody wants like a hey geography everybody wants to look like an angel in the story that somebody writes and and that's not to be expected and i'm not asking to 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 look like an angel i just don't feel that it it captures the truth of the matter okay go ahead yes mike vecchione is with us speaking of people that are blowing up we talked about tyler fisher we have here mike vecchione well to to piggyback off what you were saying though as a white warrior who's worked (laughs) here for years and years um, no, I have a, a YouTube special out called The Attractives, and it's over a million, 1.2 million. So we're doing well. Wow, and, congratulations. Uh, yeah, it was I, produced by uh, uh, Mike's dear friend, <laughs> somebody that I probably have said 10 words to in, in, you know, over the course of my life, but, right. but a dear friend of Mike's, uh, Nate Bargatze. Nate Bargatze was kind enough to direct it and produce it direct in association produce. with 800-pound Gorilla. We taped it in Nashville. Uh, the Zanies, shout out to Zanies, and um, yeah, it's out and it's doing well. Now, can, we Bog- up, can we pull up a clip? Yeah. Can we go to a clip? Are we gonna put the clip in later, or are we gonna do it right now? That's up to um, that's up to Mr. Vecchio. Oh, I'll do it now. Yeah, let's. Well, get, we gotta find the, the right clip. The so jab in. Why don't we do it? Cue it up. Yeah, yeah, they're cute. Oh, they're cute. Oh, they're cute. They're cute. Okay, I didn't know they were cute. What kind of an operation? One million uh, uh, views. Yeah. One mil- one point. One point two. Here he goes. Bed bugs, everybody. He bed bugs. Double, double, 1.2.1 uh, after, after this. Say Nate Bargatze joined. I had to move a few times in New York, though. One time because of bed bugs. 
Have you guys had them? Bed bugs are aggressive. They just attack you and attack you until you break your lease. <laughs> There's no way to stop bed bugs. I think that's my message here tonight. I did figure out a way to slow them down, though. I introduced ladybugs into my apartment. Now, the ladybugs don't kill the bed bugs, but they wear them down emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. Mike Vecchione compared being a man to being a Nazi. <laughs> How does that fit into the last story? Yes. <laughs> the other half well, the Jews compared like it so much. I'm sorry. I think that's. I put that joke on Twitter. I got attacked worse than I got attacked by bed bugs. Now you know that the Nazis compared the Jews to bed bugs. Did they know? really? Yes, they did. That's, oh not, that's not, so. Um, very... Well, I think that's a compliment because bed bugs are resilient. They can live a long time without any food. Yeah, They're big just... noses. <laughs> uh, Michael, Nate Bagazzi, uh, I haven't been following him, yeah. but he sells out arenas. He's, he's moved from theaters to arenas. He's just getting bigger and bigger. One, one, of, our biggest, one of our biggest fails of the comedy <laughs> seller. <laughs> well, now, how well, do you explain this? I mean, I'm not going to ask you this question because I put you on the spot, mm. but is Nate Bagazzi funnier than Mike Vecchione? Could anybody make that case? Um, so what is it about? I think a lot of people in arenas could make that case. <laughs> yeah, but the people who go to see him in arenas would they, definitely—they can make that case. Yes, but, but I don't think it's a reasonable case. Uh, I don't, you know, we get into. Why you, why you, well, I, you, I will you say doing? thank I'm you for pitting me against the guy who gave me an opportunity. I'm, I'm saying by the way. he can't help himself. No, I'm just, well, I think it's interesting. We <laughs> no. have comics that sell at arenas, and we have people that. But you know as well as I know that you never know who's going to... We're all coming up. We never know who's going to track but, with but, the public. But but no reasonable case could be made that Mike Vecchione isn't a, isn't a superlative comedian. Well, as evidenced by his over one million views on his... But he, he's not yeah. at least as present selling out arenas. Now, Perry, right. when he says 1.2 million, do you know what number that means? 1,200,000. Very good, very good. So, one million and two. <laughs> the, question, <laughs> the question is, is... What makes an arena comic? I think that's what I'm getting at here. Oh, it's relatability for sure. It's, I think that's. An I mean, it's relatability because we all know arena comics that we don't think are that good. So who, who are those? Like, Dan, Dan, uh, Dan, Dan wants the names. Dan wants the names. Let's ruin ourselves another way. We just ruined ourselves the first way with uh, saying comparing the Jews and Nazi yeah. Germany. You know, so Nate Bargatze was coming up. I was not really that involved at that time, yeah. and and we didn't use them. We're using very little, which right. is a huge mistake on yeah. our part. And I wish I had it to do over. I don't know what. Well, how... You can't predict the future, Noam. I mean, so... no, no. I I think I think. We should have known at the time. I think we made a mistake. I think. Well, why should you have known? There's no knowing anything. Noam well, seems to I'm think that, you that can I feel tell... like if I had been there for the audition, I might. Noam seems I'm... to think he can tell who's going to pop and who's not. No, and... I don't mean as a that he's going to sell it at Superstar, arenas. but I just mean that I can't believe he wasn't good enough at the time for us to be using him. I think that we fucked up. Yeah. Not I mean fucked up because he was going to be a starman, just on the t that he was n the idea that he wasn't. Uh, of equal with the people we're using at the time, yeah. I find hard to believe. Well, that may or may not be, but yeah, yeah. Um, but he was very good even at the more, time. More yeah. open to it, right? But, but, He's but, very but good even I, at the it, time. It, it's, look, I don't know. You know, I I think that you know it's uh, Dan. It, you can't. No you already did those spots. It's not less with spots no in the past. I just think, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, we've had this debate in the past where Noam thinks it's predictable. Oh, I saw John Stewart and I knew right away. I did. I knew right, right. away. No, you knew right away that. I'm he not saying that it. about Nate Bargatze. Right. I'm saying that. I don't think you did know right away. I think what you knew. No, is we knew. We knew that he was handsome and that the industry was interested in him. No, already. but is he saying that he can? We, he knows the general. Like we all who've been around this and in this for a long time, we know the skill set. 
Like we can look at somebody and go, oh, that guy's great. Now we can't know if that's going to translate, especially in today's times. We don't know if that's going to be able to translate. Right. It was clear back then startup. that John Stewart was yeah because was going John Stewart mega opportunity. Yeah. This guy was cut from a different cloth than his peers right from day one. Same thing with Chappelle. But if it was so clear, then how come nobody offered Chappelle anything except Comedy Central for a relatively modest sum? It wasn't Chappelle was Chappelle got big. Chappelle got or Mel Brooks movies yeah. right away. Yeah, Chappelle, he did. But, but right when, away. When, but he's always complaining that Comedy Central didn't give him a good offer. Right? He, he got fifty million dollars no, no, yeah. at the beginning. At the beginning, I, I, yeah, so if he Chappelle, was, I think is a bad example. He was so he sought was after right by and, everybody, yeah. he could have negotiated more. The fact is, people didn't know; they knew he was good. They didn't. It wasn't obvious as you think it is in retrospect. In some way, I know that this matters it, to you because it means that the reason that you haven't gone places yes, is not because well, it's not because they knew you. Yeah, of, you course, yeah. of course, of course, that's, <laughs> a, that's an element to it. But I think it's I think it's insane that you think this any of this is predictable. Mike, back me up, would you? Yeah, I think, like I said, I'll parse it. We, um, this, we all know the skill set, but I don't think any of us can predict who is going to be a huge star or not. I don't think we can, especially now. Can, can you say that now? Can you say, like, I, you picked Jon Stewart out, but can you say that now that you could see somebody and go, that guy's going to be huge? No, there are plenty of people who became very, very or big girl. that I never, including Louie, that I never said, oh, this guy's going to be a big star. Right. Um. But there were a few people who the first time I saw them, I was like, oh. Yeah, but, but there's... Not, like the first time I saw Michael Che, and I man, Dan knows this because he was around at the time. I'm like, yeah. that guy I, is something else. That guy is going to be something. Now, now, my question is how many people... You remember that, right? How many, how many other people I, did I, I point really out I don't really remember you saying that before he let me, was let me getting... Let me give another thing. Yeah. I, I do these clips. Sorry. But you might have. I might give... But the question is, is how many people did you say that about that went nowhere? You, Hold on. You, for years, you told me Godfrey's going to be huge. He's I, done well. Godfrey should have been huge. So, All right. So I never told you he was going to be huge. I said Godfrey should have been huge. Yeah. So uh, I, I've, I haven't done it in a while, but for a while, I was signing off on every clip that we were posting on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I must have seen a hundred of them. I only... There's only one that came across me that I commented to the guy who I said, this one I think might go places. It was Jay Jordan doing this thing about uh, having the birthday party for the dog or whatever. Right. It, was. it immediately took off, had millions of views. I don't, I don't know. Now there are you got, some, you got one. there were some that also got millions of views I, did, I didn't identify, right. which is not the same thing. Yeah. But from time to time, things have hit me and that has been, that has been very, that has been accurate for most Let me parts. ask you this because I, uh, I have a theory I miss about this. Them. How much does confidence play into it versus a great, like, a uh, well-worded joke? Like, I think if somebody hits you with a ton of confidence or hits any of us with a ton of confidence, Absolutely. that makes a difference <laughs> versus... Uh, <laughs> okay, well, now you take my, my joke that Louis said. Now, it doesn't mean he's right, but he said was, was his favorite joke. It doesn't mean it's the world's best joke, but yeah. my Mr. Morales joke really went nowhere. When I posted it. It was good when Louis did it. You know. <laughs> and even when Louis posted it, I mean, it's not, I mean, you, it's hard to argue that there are jokes that are better, so what am yeah. I missing? Am I too old? Uh, no, it's a fantastic you know. joke. Me, I me, think me, 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 me. I think, no, seriously, Dan's, a, Dan's one of the best. He's unbelievable. He's a great, great comic. And I think the difference is, it could be as simple as, he posted it Tuesday at 4 o'clock instead of Thursday at 1 p.m. It could be that simple. No, no, no. 
Yes, yes, no, yes. No, Mike's right. No, he's Mike not. is right. Yeah, and if you talk to anybody no, who has, he's not. yes, he is. And if you talk to anybody, as we have, who has had great success on any of these platforms, they will say the exact same thing that Mike just said. That's why they say. Well, keep I think it's part of it. Keep I think it's part of it. I there don't know is an algorithm. I, I, I like there, it's not just like in the ether and let's see what the funniest joke is. Why are you shaking your head? Because I, I don't believe that's right. Dan's joke was funny. But um, it, it, first of all, it was a little bit sophisticated. It, That's another thing. It can't be too sophisticated. You're going to miss a lot of people if it's sophisticated. Dan's jokes are very it's sophisticated, well-written. So if it's not general enough, then you're going to lose a lot of people. It, 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 it's a bit sophisticated and a bit clever. And it, it, it's, not, it's not typical of the type of jokes that go... Shouldn't even call the type of jokes. It's 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 not about the jokes. It's about the performances. It's not typical of the performances that go viral. And it's really your performance that goes viral. The joke is a vehicle for is is a tool for the performance. But it's the performer, in my opinion, which goes viral. Well, that could be. It's yeah, interesting. I could see that. I, I yeah. That's I mean, likability. You're talking about likability. You're talking about charisma, likability. Yeah, confidence. Charisma. You say, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's the whole. Well, how much do you thing. think youth plays into it? There's uh, that guy. Um, youth, youth is part. Youth, of youth and and attractiveness. There's a guy. What's his name? Matt Rife. Are you familiar? Yes. With okay, Matt so Rife. he's. I haven't seen his stuff. He may be quite good, but he's got millions, and millions. he's a very young, chiseled-looking guy. Right. So how much were he a fifty? I mean, I, I guess he couldn't tell those jokes to the fifty-year-old man, but. Say he w- he looked like uh, a young say he looked like a young Dan Natterman. Okay, so um, you know would would he have millions of followers? Probably not. And al- also, what seems to go viral is if you can make a point, whether it's a good point, a shallow point. Like so, um, uh, Mike Yard had that thing about the uh, about the what was it? The candles selling the candles. Right. Oh yeah, big yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Which was it's a great one. It's a yeah. great joke. It was it was a great joke and and kind of political and mm-hmm. timely and the kind of thing people would send to each other because it pertains to the conversations they've right. been having and the things in the news and whatever. It, it, so, so it's like right. it, if you like can be you send it to your friend to make a point, yeah. right? You're controversial. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll put up my abortion joke. We'll see how that. Does. Yeah. Controversy is a big thing. Also, you have to be conscious. I was so wrapped up in joke writing and, and meticulousness. It's like, how is the audience feeling? While they're watching you, mm. that's a big thing that I never thought of before. It's like, how are they feeling? How are they receiving you? How does it make them feel to be in the audience? Because everybody's egoic and everybody's looking at things from their own perspective. They're walking in with their own ego, so they want to feel a certain way. So it's not about your meticulous jokes so much as it is how you're making them. So how how so can you give us an example of well, how I go on the road? I see Nate on the road, and I and now I've stopped watching him. He's brilliant, brilliant hour. But I'm now I'm watching the crowds react to him. I'm watching them react to him, and they are just it's it's like he has this this the uh, southern draw, and he's slow in telling a story or what. And they're and they like that. They like those trimmings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then he's a great joke writer also. So that. They're they're already laughing at his presentation and his stage presence, but then he gets to the joke and they're just like blown away by it because it's the the performance is great. They're wrapped up in it. They, he's so likable. They love him, and then the joke hits him on top of it, and they're like, at this point, they're doubled over. So how and he's doing it all clean? How are you? 
in, in integrating that if you are into your act? Are you? I'm learning from that. I'm like, oh, this is not about what I thought it was about. I'm like in my notebook, drinking coffees, like trying to work. At, I'm still do. I'm still trying to get the jokes the way that I want them and how they hit all the way through. But it's like, no, no how are you making them feel? Like, how but are I, they I, responding to you? But are you we're all are getting you laughs, in, and we're getting gut laughs, and we're getting, you know, we can all tell the difference between a jab in, a joke that's a jab in, a little bit of a laugh, and then hitting them hard. We, we all have that. But, like, on the road when you're headlining, what's their overall experience when they're sitting but there watching? Uh, are you, have you, cha- has anything changed in your act? Yeah, I'm more, I'm less, I'm less joke-to-joke orientated. I'm more about, uh, trying to write jokes about topics now, and then, and then, uh, hitting all the jokes within the topic. It's easier to do an hour that way anyway. You know, you're not piecing things together so much. Uh, I suggested Dan do that like four or five years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, except, except that except that my act, it's got to it's gotta be integrated into my act. I can't do a joke about my cousin Sheila or my Mr. Morales and then just kind of, I mean, like I have a style. I Dan, know. I, I think that what you're missing, and, 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 you, we and, talked about and, it before in Aruba, uh, a catchphrase. Catchphrase. Well, I, had <laughs> I never learned. <laughs> I had a catchphrase. Well, he's referring to a catchphrase. Louis Schaefer, years ago, told me I needed a catchphrase. He says, Dan Nadiman funny, but Dan Nadiman, nobody nobody knows who Dan Nadiman is. Louis Schaefer, I'm the not gay guy. Louis Schaefer, not gay. So we, I came up with a catchphrase called, I figured, what about I never learned? And so I tried every joke <laughs> I tried to write about, like I never learned. You know, so I tried it, it, but I did it for like a week and then I gave up. It's a good but, idea. But I was it's like, it's a great idea. But, you know, and every joke we like, you know, so my cousin Sheila came over. I never learned. I never learned. <laughs> so that's good too. But also, Dan is a bright guy. Yeah. And he's capable of doing a little bit longer form presentation. Yes. But you have to have the confidence. Well, but also, I'm in the middle of a sentence, uh, Dan. Finish your sentence. I, you have to have the confidence, I believe, I'm not a comedian. No, no, to know. sit through those longer periods without getting a laugh where you start sweating bullets. Am I losing them? Or do they think I'm boring? You need that constant but, uh, reinforcement. But, but, I go through this in music. So I, and I go through it even in interviews sometimes. I noticed in this interview I did recently, I, I cut sentences off because I know my internal monologue is like, uh, I'm going on too long. Right. Let, 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 me take, let me take an extreme example. Yeah. To illustrate my point, which is if the shit's got to fit with your style. Yeah. Would you give that same advice to Stephen Wright? Ah, oh, you know, yeah, you can do your joke no, about but my. No, Dan, he's he's really. Funny. No, but Dan, can I say? <laughs> I mean, I like, say, or David Tell. Can I, can I say no matter David what? Tell, would you tell David Tell to do long, real commentary? But Dan, even if you started I mean, with a long, longer fit thing, with the rest would, of his shit. Yeah, because your style, you're never, and and you're because you're great. Your style, you're never more than seven seconds away from a laugh. So if you took long form stuff. You would eventually, as you worked it out, you would eventually have it punched up all the way through. You're just doing it differently now, I think, mm-hmm. instead of taking the whole thing and then punching it up. So let me contrast with. And by the way, I would never presume to give a tell advice, but you wouldn't even think it because you know it doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. I, well, I, I don't know. I you know I I presume if if a tell spoke longer about things he was actually thinking about, it would be fucking awesome. But you... But then he would... But but, 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 I've never, but but that's not Dave. But you are someone who offstage does talk right. longer form about things. So it's just... And so, I mean, I'm, I'm aware... But that, that would be my second special. I'm aware that Coming out ha- in 2050. I'm aware that people have to be <laughs> on stage who they are offstage. But I think that you actually could speak uh, longer on stage. And the only reason I said it to you back then is because it was obvious to me that those are the people who are getting bigger. Where people who are doing a slightly 
slightly more elongated segments, a slightly more time on one topic, as, as Mike's describing. Right. So that would be my suggestion. You could still be a joke guy in the topic. He's just like, you know, you can just hit it from. You could just do all the jokes on that topic. I think what Mike said is true, is that if you did it just by the nature of who you are and how you tell jokes, that it would be, even if it were longer, it still would be funny every seven, ten seconds. So it's not that it it could fit. Maybe right now it doesn't fit, but if you did it a little bit, it probably could fit. Food for thought. Look, look. Look at look at Keith Robinson. You remember Keith before he had a stroke, yeah. right? Now Keith can't do a lot of that stuff, so he has a whole new thing. It's still Keith, right? A new thing that came to him because of of the limitations of his stroke. Many, many, many people say he's funnier than he's ever been, right? So it's still him, yeah. Like I'm like, I'm not telling you not to be yourself. You're but, telling him to have a stroke, but <laughs> but, <laughs> to have but, a price to pay. but um, he he was forced. To to come at right, it right. to find it okay I can't do it that yeah. way let me let me see it's like a like a pitcher who he loses his fastballs he becomes a knuckleball pitcher like you know you, you don't know what you can do that yeah. try it well Neil Pert I mean I, I don't know if you're a Russian uh, the, well, the Russian I yeah. enjoy Rush yeah well he learned to play he was playing one way his entire career and then he completely flipped and learned an entire different. He, he's passed on now, but an entirely different style. It's, it's like Rocky, like Rocky, where he ties, you know, <laughs> Southpaw, whatever. Yeah. Um, um, by the way, I did have a similar experience. I saw for the first time uh, uh, Marcello. Uh, yeah, okay. Mar- you mean um, Marcello Hernandez? Hernandez. Yeah, Is it yeah. Marcello yeah. or Marcello? I think it's Marcello. I think it's M- Monticello, but Marcello. So Marcello. I believe so, yeah. Marcello? Is it Monticello or Monticello? Well, actually, there's one in upstate New York, and then there's the Virginia. So I think it's is Monticello in upstate New York. But 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 Jefferson's house, I think think his name is Marcello. I'll I'll roll. I I I always thought it was Marcello, but uh, hold on. What about Marcello Mastriani? Is that so? Anyway, Marcello Hernandez is a very young. Pronunciation is brought to you by pronouncenames.com. Okay, we're waiting. Nabokov. Marcello. Marcello. What is that? Okay. Well, that doesn't mean she's right. It also doesn't well, mean it's, that... a, it's quite a haughty way to present yourself. <laughs> How to pronounce Marcello? Well, do you watch? S- <laughs> you watch? You watch SNL? How is he presented on SNL? You know, right, however, however, he, however he pronounces it. Like, right. of course, sometimes people um, with uh, names in other languages they anglicize their pronunciation. Anyway, Marcel like Hernandez. I, ha- I have a I have a waiter works for us now. His name is Ivan, but I I presume because he was Spanish. Do, do you pronounce your name Ivan? He says, yeah, but, you know, it, it, it's fine. Yeah. Ivan's fine. Because he made that accommodation because he yeah. knows that most Americans are going to say right. Ivan. Question, does Mar- Marcello's mom call him Marcello? She probably calls him Marcello, but we don't know. And in right. any case. And he was a young, handsome guy. He's on SNL. So I saw funny. him, and I said and I said to, I think it was to Juanita, like, wow, this guy's this guy's some, this guy's going to go places. So the, turned out he's already on SNL. Yeah. But I didn't know that. Right. I was like, I didn't realize it was. Like, this was like, like, wow. Like, well, he's, I mean, he's young and he's handsome. That's, and that is young and handsome. You, you, okay. Ali Wong. And he's, I remember saying Ali Wong, like, holy fucking shit. Look at this woman 
perform. Well, but a, would a white Ali Wong have done? I don't know white. I'm saying I'm saying that you're like I I saw her like no I couldn't guarantee you she's yeah. gonna become a star. Right. But it was notable above all the notable like of all the people killing. She went on and it was like the rafters were shaking. You notice that now? I it's true she might never become a star. Yeah. I don't know, but it's not like. It's not like I thought she was one of thirty people who were who were killing like that. She wasn't. How much does audience response matter? I mean, as a it's huge. Yeah. What I mean, what well, else how, is how there? Much, what if somebody's up there doing? You, you know, it's complete nonsense, but they're murdering. What do I? I yeah. Well, Noam Noam doesn't, doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> I let you perform. <laughs> but, but not only does no, it no, I, that doesn't happen. I mean, you oh, might think it, ha- it happens. No, it oh, doesn't. It happen. happens. I I I can guarantee you it happens. Stuff that's just absolute utter nonsense. Nonsense to you. Not just to you. This is this is like. Wait, what does that mean? That's so snarky. What because does that mean? because for, uh, it, musicians He's, are often the last people to get when someone's great because they can't take it in without resorting to their own like checklist of what it means to okay. be good music. What is it? They well, can't just take. They just can't. So this is where like my father was guilty of it. He couldn't. He couldn't accept because he knew Dylan. He couldn't accept that Dylan was this great artist. To him, Dylan was this guy who couldn't sing and played a lousy harmonica ex- on the ex- fucking stoops of, of, of McDougal Street. I'll give you an example from my own act. Yeah. I, I did a joke here a couple of weeks ago. I talked about I'm, how— I'm, so sh- this is, I'm surprised you're coming back to you. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair point. Uh, I, I told a joke about how I downloaded a—, a um, a, uh, a meditation app, and there was an English person, and there was an Australian person, and there were people like from the Mid-Atlantic. I said, but you'd never want a person from the Bronx. Yeah, we, you're talking and about this, yeah. it kills. It's garbage! That joke <laughs> is shit! Why is it that shit? I, e- I laughed easy, as soon as you said it. It's easy. It's derivative. There's a million other people doing jokes similar. Right. It's crap. Yeah. It's but I, in, it's so, no, in, you don't agree I, that there's a skill set at play here? There's a skill set at play. But it works every freaking time. It enrages him. This joke has been enraging him since he first started telling it. And it's so funny, too. But it's easy. It doesn't require skill to, to, to write. Marginal skill to perform. <laughs> it's easy. It works. It's shit. How many times? Mr. Morales, okay. that's a good joke. It's brilliant. Mr. <laughs> Morales is fucking brilliant. Yes. But how many times do I have to tell you that you don't need to make your life as difficult uh, as uh, humanly fine. possible? Yeah. Fair point. But Noam is saying that you can't kill with nonsense. And I'm saying you certainly can. Noam doesn't think that <laughs> joke is nonsense. I don't think it's nonsense. You're, you're right. You're and by right. the way, that's a lot better than some of the shit I've seen around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You're right that it's not. You didn't reinvent the wheel on that joke, and I guess you're right that it's in a certain way derivative. Well, I guess derivative. It's, it's a it's a you know, ty- it's a type of pattern of joke that has been it's a in certain contexts today. But, but it's a form. But this is what I was exactly what I was saying, and I'm as I'm a, a, a top ten percent sophisticated listener of jokes, right? I laughed when you said it, yeah, and well, look, I so you I, you I, can I, tell I me. Come, I come hold on, ugly, stop interrupting. When me. an ugly hooker jerks me can off, you I shut come. up for a second. <laughs> you, you can you can um, explain to me intellectually all the reasons why that joke is whatever you're saying it is. But I'm telling you, this is about a reflexive response. This is jokes, and people either laugh or they don't. And you might, it's standing with music. You know how many songs are so fucking simple? 
Say like, how the f- every breath you take. Da 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 da. Like good tune. You are my yes yes. Is it derivative? Yes. It's it's totally based on you are my uh, on uh, stand by me. Like uh, I mean, you can go through this endlessly. Point is that you listen to it and you say <laughs> that's funny, Dan. And 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 you know what? That's not so fucking simple to come up with. It's not crap. Yeah. yeah. Well, but if I, you listen, if you listen to it a bunch of times, would it be the same? Well, jokes versus aren't meant to li- be. versus listening to a, a great joke. But a jokes aren't meant to be heard more than. And, and it, by the way, there's other levels to it. First of all, the nerdy Jewish guy doing the Bronx accent is funny in its own unique way. Who's like the when, nerdy Jewish like, guy? Like like I when um me I have a- <laughs> like when Godfrey does a Southern white guy. It's it's amazing on some right. levels, but in some part, it's also like, did you hear that that black guy sounding exactly? That's funny too. Or Eddie Murphy, like Eddie Murphy, with a white guy voice, right? Why is that funny? Well, part of it is because he's a black guy. Because it's Eddie Murphy. Right. So I, I don't. How do you factor that in? Because I think Does that mean bar, Eddie Murphy's crap. No, but I think the bar. You're so sophisticated, and you set the bar so high that I think something like that you just sort of toss it out because it's not oh, to no, your I, standard. But I think Noam's right. There are levels of. But what about if Dan were to go on stage with just um, memorized joke book jokes, and just do them? Like Norm Macdonald did that a couple is times. The, is that is that a thing? Um, well, Gilbert Goffrey used to do I was dirty say, jokes. Yeah. Gilbert used Gilbert to do used that, that right? and that was, but the yeah. performances. I w- <sighs> that joke about I mean, the the baby that got lost at sea that Gilbert used to tell all the time. That the mother, the Jewish mother, right. takes the oh, baby. Oh yeah, he had a hat. Go, you do it. He ha- oh, he had a hat. That's do a great joke. joke. The yeah. point is, is yeah, obviously, I had a hat. You can't give that. <laughs> you can't give that the same credit. Right. I mean, it's it's a it's a skill, uh, perhaps to yeah. uh, to adapt it. And in Gilbert's case, it, w- yeah. it was very effective. But I, you can't give the same credit. And then, what if somebody is wrote. not that funny output wise, but they're original, and they're working on it. You know, they're working on something. They're working on being original versus the constant output. Of laughs. Well, can you give me a for instance? I don't know. I don't want to. I. I don't. I, no, no one's coming to mind right now. But let's say a comic because we we developed here in this club. So it's like, does that person in this time, in this day and age, get the time to develop? I mean, they're looking at all. They're looking at at what's successful and what's hitting, and that's not always the best. Well, that's comedy. a question I think for Noam. But. What if they're doing something on stage and they're 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 figuring it out, but they're doing it in their own voice? I think Noam would say, "Let them do it at another club." <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, look, let's look at let's, let's look at Dave Attell. Now, Dave Attell is so fucking funny. I know he's got to be a hero of yours, right? He is. That from time to time, Steve Fabricant, you know, outside Steve, yes, will say something to me, and I'll say, "That's so fucking funny." He goes, "It's Attell," like yeah. so, meaning like the words on the page of Attell are brilliant. Yeah. Which is not what you can't say for every comedian. Right. Just the fucking words on the right. page are brilliant. However, the performance is fucking brilliant yes, too. It is. I mean, and so like, I mean, it. And I don't know how to separate the two. Yeah. If then, you if you had David tells material, you would not get the mileage out of it that Dave gets. Of course not. No, but it's still brilliant material. But it's not enough. It's not enough. Also, somebody like Daniel Simonson, right? That the delivery, like the materials, 
so funny, but it's also his accent, and he's so unique. But, and but getting back to Mike's question, what do you do? Just cut her off. It's okay. I'm sorry. Well, I really like this new policy here of we're not interrupting each other. Um, no, nothing. I was just giving another example of... <laughs> Let me say something about interruption. But Mike had a question that I think is... is, is... <laughs> Can I say something about interruption? Yeah, go ahead. This is, this is what you don't understand. And maybe you, you, you understand a little bit. Conversation is a sensitive thing. It's interruption is part of conversation. Sensitive interruption, interruption which is based on clarifying what somebody said, maybe disputing what somebody said, as opposed to interruption where you're basically just dismissing what's happened and, and to turn it to something completely different is a different kind of interruption. Or you're not listening. You're just talking well, well, well. to hear yourself speak. Or the frequency with which you've been interrupted or your sense for how important this particular moment is to the other person. How far are they about to make the... There's a lot of fucking nuance that goes into interruption, see- which people will in- simplistically say, you shouldn't interrupt. No, of course, everybody interrupts. How you interrupt and whether or not you you have the emotional intelligence to interrupt, this is what separates the good conversationalists from the bad. But I know I got the audience to think of, and I know what they want. So sometimes <laughs> I have to sometimes I have to, to to do what I have to do. But Mike had a good question a question that I think is for you to answer. Yeah, because didn't you say when Dave was coming up that it was like you weren't you guys were not sure, and then a wait- waitress. Yeah, yeah. Said that he no, not sure. My father's like, that's it. No more David Tell. Like he heard, <laughs> he heard uh, the, the the waitresses. It was a staff meeting when he first started. And he, my father didn't used to come down late night. You know, that's when they, all that late night stuff. And he heard about this comedian David Tell. It was like you know bombing. My father said, that's it. And Julia, the the waitress who I'm still friends with, who was my father. She was extremely funny. My father had a high, re- extremely high regard for her intelligence and opinion. He said, no, no, Manny, you don't understand. He's a genius. Now, this is interesting, going back to your other thing, do you know, she she was sophisticated enough. She got him. She never said anyone else was a genius. Right. She saw it. And my father said, hold off on that. Because he knew that if Julia said she was a genius, right. that there's got to be more than meets the I eye here. I love that. Yeah. And, love and, and, but in a very short time, it, it emerged. So, right. so are there any comics that you would give that consideration to? You, you, you love what they're doing, but they're not killing that hard. And you would say, but... You know what they're they're onto something, or 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 you would say yeah we we do do that from time to time. It's not as easy as it once was because we don't have the vibe of a late night, low pressure show where the audience like the closest I guess we come to it is like new joke night where at least the audience is somehow gotten the kind of disclaimer of the title of the show that you can't expect them to be all winners. Like, the people are going to be working stuff out. Right. So they come into it with that kind of thing. Late night comedy used to be like that. People understood this was late night. Like, going to see a jam session. You, but if you if you go to see, a, if you pay 50 bucks at the Blue Note and you see a jam session, yeah. like, what the fuck is this? But if you know it's a jam session, so we don't really have, and, and, and that's something that's been worrying me for a long time now. But, so that's, that's the best answer I can I mean, I suppose, especially when the new room opens, you, you might have the flexibility to devote one of the rooms to a kind of a cool jazz, kind of a experimental, I don't know. I you like do have to. new joke nights, so maybe that's yeah. Maybe we need more new joke nights. And still sometimes we get customers complaining about new joke night, but I don't but I don't but I don't pay attention. No, that's great. 
But, you know, this is, yeah, I mean, it, the Comedy Cellar is not today. I remember those days. I mean, Dan remembers. Dan's been here longer than me, but I remember the half breaks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember the, the, um, the one long show at the end and 10 people being left. But those 10 people were always usually really good, and you could get a lot of work done down there, well, well, working I, out new material at one one thirty in the morning. When Absolutely. I, when yeah. I started, and no, we've told the story before, but sometimes there'd be zero people in the audience, and the waitresses would have to sit down and pretend to be audience members so that if somebody did come in, it would look there was a show going on. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I went through this in music. I mean, this is going to get forget. See, this kind of thing, like, nobody wants to hear this. Go on. Well, make it interesting. You can do it. Well, when I first started the Cafe Wow, we would be slow a lot of the time. And a lot of times we were slow. We would jam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We would, <laughs> we would jam. We'd take chances. We'd do familiar songs. We would develop. And the arrangements would develop. And the audience, if they're like 20, 30 people, they'd be transfixed because amazing stuff would happen. And then we became very, very successful. And we couldn't do that anymore. And it was way less fun. Right. It's just there's this pressure of like, it's, yeah. you got to do the A-list stuff. Yeah. You know? I think that was a very good point. And I think the audience would be interested in, in your right. perspective. I mean, the the music comedy comparison we make it a lot, and there are comparable elements, but music is different in many ways than comedy. Not as funny. Uh, less funny typically, <laughs> well, unless it's weird. Weird Al Yankovic. I mean, true or false? True or false? A song can be a, a hit, or it can be it could, a song can be a great song, or it can be funny, but it can't be both. Do, like, there's a lot of comics that do funny songs, but if they could really write good music, wouldn't they just do that? Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I've, I mean, obviously, there's very, very great, funny songs in Broadway shows. That's true. Uh, that's um, true. With the show tunes, you can do it, but I don't know about pop. And and I think that um, I've never, I've never. Uh, Jack Black's uh, music is is first rate, and uh, even Adam Sandler's Sandler's simple great. songs yeah. are, are actually really. musically interesting to me. Yeah. The uh, Hanukkah song. It would be so I, great. I, I saw the way he did a lot of them. I like, you know, these are actually clever. I know, but nobody that can write Bohemian Rhapsody is doing funny songs. Well, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is kind of a funny song. <laughs> you know, well, you're not laughing. You're, I mean, it's. You're not laughing, but it's. You're laughing. Unless you're watching Wayne's World. Yeah. I mean, if you could write The Long and Winding Road, you're not saying, ah, I'd rather do shtick. You know? Shtick, no. But, uh, but you're mean, right. Broadway show tunes can be both funny and, and, interest, and melodically interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's because that genre of music lends itself to that, but I don't see it in the world of pop music. I mean, I, funny songs are novelty songs, you know, like, what's the matter, you? Hey, it's the not so bad. <laughs> no, that's not. That's a different thing altogether. Yeah, you're right. But there are some. Uh, ha- Harry Nielsen had some funny songs. That who's Harry mean. Nielsen? You mean, I can't live oh, living yeah. is uh, without you. That's a great song. He had funny songs. I can't live living is without you. I saw Mike looking at the time. Are you uh, pressed for time? No. We're I'm almost here. done anyway. I'm here to Well, why don't we ask Mike a few more questions? We should. We should. Yeah, Mike's special. No, I want to hear about his personal great, life. And this we'll, is a great time well, to go to another clip. Yes, personal. We'll go to another clip. I'm going to cut We have another in. clip? You, yeah, we do. Oh, let's can, hear the other clip. But we're going to also cut them clip. in. I'll have. No, let's hear it now. Foxing, everybody. I started again. We got no sound. I don't hear anything. So this is a time where if I were Robert Kelly, I would just like flip make the producer cry. But <laughs> it happens to anybody. Bling, oh. bling. Okay. I'm a huge boxing fan. I love all kinds of boxing. And uh, I was watching this one fight. It was a female fighter, and her brother was the promoter. And they were interviewing her, and they're like, how did you start fighting? And it's a tragic story. She goes, um, when I was young, I watched my father hit my mother. I was too weak to do anything about it, so I learned to fight. And it never happened again. I'm like, wow, that's pretty powerful. Then I thought, but the brother, (laughs) the promoter, 
grew up in the same home. So he must have saw the same thing and thought to himself, I can sell tickets to this. <laughs> now, is that a true story? Yeah, I, I, wa- I did watch boxing, yeah. I did watch something like that, yeah, happen. Because yeah, now there's a bunch of, there's, I'm a huge boxing fan. I go to the garden anytime, like Lomachenko or somebody's fighting. And uh, yeah, they have female fight cards on there now. What was the thing you said recently? Like, somebody, it was so funny, but if someone made it up, there was actually genius. What was that? Uh, I was talking about Mulaney Special. I was saying Mulaney Special, the point I made a couple weeks ago, I said Mulaney Special was at a minimum an excellent special, maybe more than excellent. Uh, But it could, but it was genius if he made much of it up. I mean, some of those stories were amazing. Right. So to me, it's like more impressive to make shit up, you know. Yeah, everybody wants authentic. Everybody and now authentic is more interesting. Yeah, but but they say authentic. But I mean, you don't. Nobody will ever know. And right. you know, so as far as we know, it happened. Yeah, but yeah. You could just tell people we didn't. Right. But I, you know, if I were if I were interviewing Mulaney, I would ask him that question. Now he might not tell me the answer, but that's the question I would pose to him if we were. Oh, he would tell you. Yeah, I could probably. But that, that would be. I would be most interested in knowing how much of that shit was exaggerated or made up. Did you see the special yet, Noam? I, I, I don't know if you're going to see it or not, but I want to see it. I he has some stories that are like, that's the craziest fucking story I've ever heard. Mm. I think they're all true. Yeah, you know. Really? Well, what is podcasting? Podcasting, I think, is more about being interesting than it is actually being funny. I look at these, uh, some of our, even our friends who have the biggest podcasts, like, it's really about being interesting. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, I think this episode hit both. Hit both. This episode was good. This episode was was not good. It was if, excellent. If excellent. you listen, if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, yeah. I don't think you'd even suspect he was a comedian. No, no, you would never know it. You would never know it. Not not because he's 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 obviously. I mean, in a, in a right? Nice no, he keeps episode. a serious tone. Yeah. He keeps a serious tone, unless guys go on there and specifically change it, like a Tim Dillon, or they'll go specific. Have you done Rogan? I've done Rogan. Oh, yeah. yeah, I did it uh, about a month ago. Did you make and a special uh, trip to Austin to uh, do yes. it? Yeah. Uh, so, so you, but you, it's you, great. It's like, it's just, it's a very free flow conversation. You know what I mean? You don't know what you're going to talk. I mean, I've obviously seen a bunch, seen it a bunch. So you don't know what you're going to talk about, though. So you got your million views yes. on YouTube. So I guess the strategy is go on the road and hope those people will show up. Yeah. Imagine well, they- you push, too. Like, now it's like social media push and then the big thing is like always when you post in clips all the time pushing dates because people don't know man they're like you know how many times have you left chicago and they're like i hope you come to chicago soon it's like i was just in chicago how did you miss that i was in chicago it's like because everybody's wrapped up into their own did you have another hour ready to go for those people another 45 minutes whatever Yeah, i'm doing a different different one you know they they don't a lot of times they come wanting to hear i don't yeah i don't think that they i don't think it matters as much it doesn't but uh I have another one. You know, I'm doing something different. Now, uh, 1.2 million uh, clips on YouTube, uh, hit um, views on YouTube, I'm curious. Does that translate into significant money? How does I'm it... I'm going to find out. Oh, you don't know I, been, I was in Moon Tower. I did Rogan. I did Moon Tower. And I've just been doing every podcast now, so I haven't been on the road as much. But end of May, I go to Chicago. No, I mean, I mean from YouTube ads. From the YouTube ads, he's saying. I don't know. It's on Nate's... It's on the Nate Land uh, homepage, so it's not on my YouTube page. You've got a demand in accounting. <laughs> Well, but is Nate giving you a piece of the action? No, no, no. He paid for it. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he paid for it. 800 pounds paid for it. Yeah. So, you know, I got to be grateful for that. Now, why? Now, what does 800 pounds do that Nate... They're the production, they're the production company. Okay. They put it all together. So what did Nate precisely do? Was his Nate directed it. Okay. He directed it, and uh, they both put up money uh-huh. for it. So I didn't have to put up any money. 
That's awesome. So, um, yeah. Well, that's good. So Somebody it lives on his page, and then on this Thursday, 800 Pound is going to put it on their page. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's going to be... Is, it's is that be Burr's thing? 800 Pound? No, I don't no. think so. I think that's... Who is that? The Laugh Button? No. The Laugh Button people? It's its own thing. 800 yeah, Pound Gorillas out okay. of Nashville. Oh. All right. Yeah. It's just so exciting to see it do so well, too. Yeah, it's very... It's it's exciting. I've been doing so long, you know. It's vindication, Mike. Yes, it's it's very good. It's satisfying. Obviously, we all want to connect, and I want to sell tickets. And, um, you know, that's the thing, to go on the road, sell tickets, mm-hmm. and do another one and keep coming with it. So. Okay, I think that's a nice... Uh, I'll tell one of the things. So I did this podcast on trigonometry. Oh. Trigonometry. Trigonometry. Oh, trigonometry. With, with Constantine. King. Oh, I remember. We had them on. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, it was it was actually got some really nice comments on YouTube, but one thing I said got a little bit derided, which was I said that I felt like we were living right now in the golden age of stand-up comedy, yeah. that there's never been this many funny stand-up comics working mm-hmm. all at the same yeah, time. You guys true. think that's true? I, I think, first of all, in terms of quantity, yeah. that's absolutely true. One yes. cannot dispute that there's right. more comics than ever. Yes. No, N- now more, we c- more high-quality comics. Well, that's a separate question. That's a separate question. Um, that was, that was Probably, yes, I would say so, yeah. I mean, j- just by virtue of the fact that there's so many of right. us, there's going to be a lot of good ones. Yeah, I it's mean, a boom right now, for sure. And, and, but I can, can I say something? Like, And this speaks to Dan also. You can't... I mean, you can have charisma, you can have all this, but you can't replace the skill set of being in the clubs and working every day for years and years. Like, you can do TikToks, you can do all kinds of stuff that catches on, but you cannot replace that skill set. That skill set is something that we've we've been down here, and you've given us the opportunity uh, up, Mike. to work in, and to develop it. It's real. But every, every day for years and years, that's not replaceable. I think what Noam was, was trying to say is he's not doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not doing it for me, but I've had the opportunities here. So, um, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I think, that's, I think it's possible. Like, if you... If, <laughs> say so. No, go ahead. You were going to slam it? <laughs> no, Esty won that argument. <laughs> you know, no, if you watch, like, old clips of gymnasts from the 50s, people doing gymnastics, you see they're, they're like, basically, they're doing just, like, somersaults. and, and Gymnasts? Right. Gymnastics, yeah. yeah, like they're they're terrible. Yeah, but little by little, people try to do a little bit better than that person to win the medal, and then the next person has to do a little bit better to win the medal, and over time, the level has gone up. So, I'm making an analogy here. Maybe stand-up comedy, a bar was set, and now in order to get attention, you need to exceed that bar. Right. And now the next person has to exceed that bar. So I don't know if that's going on, but I think that's one explanation as to perhaps why maybe. But what about like in terms of like the social media kids coming up in a social media age? Where they're not forced to, like, before YouTube, Twitter, all that, we were forced to, like, hang out at the clubs and try to get on, and that was everything. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not, that's not the case. Now, it's, like, YouTube, TikTok, and I'm not shitting on it. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. These kids have a different way to go, but it's, like, you see what's being lost there? Yeah, but yeah, I've also people's... heard, I've also had uh, comics, you know, who've been doing this for 25, 30 years tell me that you have these people who, you know, have hundreds of thousands, millions of followers on TikTok, and then they get to headline a club, and they're not funny, and then they don't, they can't, like, nobody wants to come back the next time because of exactly what you're saying. It's like, it might work for, like, in the short term, but yeah. in the long term, right. they haven't been doing it for that long. They don't have those skills. It's one thing to make a 30-second 
TikTok video, and I'm not shitting on it either. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's there. it's a different. Yeah. It's a totally different thing. But I don't think those people are looking long term. Would they like it to be long term? Of course. But I think that they're just looking for maybe I'm not speaking for them, but like a money hit. As many money hits as you yeah. can get, maybe parlay it into a show, maybe parlay it into something mm-hmm. even more money, and then cash out of it. I don't know what you do after that. Maybe you think of something else, but yeah. you don't have as much invested as we have invested. Right. Uh, we got to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, I have to go. Great show. Thank you, Mike Vecchione. His special. For uh, was that was that okay, Mike? Was that a good conversation? Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Too. I know it's it, it's off. You guys are usually political, attra- or do you guys oscillate? Well, we oscillate. We oscillate. Okay. The Attractives, uh, 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 directed and produced by Nate Bargatze and 800-Pound Gorilla, available on YouTube. Um, so thank you, Michael. Watch it for free. Thank Watch you for having free. me on. Uh, and podcast at ComedySally.com for comments, questions, and suggestions. Bye-bye.